uh, go for launch. Five. Quiet, numbskulls. I'm broadcasting. Anything can happen in the next half hour. Four. My friend, we cannot keep this a secret any longer. This whole thing is insane. Three. Quiet, please. I am analyzing. Where's the kaboom? Two. There was supposed to be an earth-shattering kaboom. One. my fellow galactic travelers and welcome back to planet eight this is your mission commander larry speaking to you from our hidden base chief engineer bob is here by my side as always in the command center and circling planet eight in our orbital spy satellite is reconnaissance officer karen and on this episode of planet eight your intrepid crew is gonna dive deep into the phenomenon that is known as WandaVision. Straight away, let's kick it up to the satellite. Karen, impressions, thoughts, feelings with regards to WandaVision. Feelings. I know I'll probably be doing that all so <laughs> long, but I'll try to refrain. It's <laughs> a lot of catchy Nothing music in that feelings. show. Um, I just, you know, guys, I still, it seems like almost every time Marvel puts something out, I'm just sitting here going, I can't believe that I'm actually watching, you know, the Scarlet Witch and the Vision on my television set. (laughs) You know, these characters that I enjoyed so much as a kid, Vision especially was a favorite character of mine. And uh just all these years later to see them portrayed in a, in a pretty um, authentic manner is just amazing to me. So, you know, kudos to, to Marvel for that. Mm-hmm. Um, this was a really interesting series, you know. I mean, I, I uh, have to say, like many people, the first couple of episodes, I wasn't really sure what was going on, how I felt about it. But by the end of this, this series, I was really impressed you know, this was a series with a lot of um, kind of heavy emotional themes to it. Uh-huh. Uh, and we still got a lot of cool superhero action, too. But, you know, there was a, a, a lot of deep emotional um, stuff going on here <laughs> that you don't normally associate with superheroes. And, uh, uh, yeah, I really enjoyed it and really appreciated what they were doing and saying and and then, you know, just all the other neat stuff that Marvel always packs in for us fans. So, um, yeah, I'm excited to talk about it with you guys. Indeed. Chief. Yes, sir. What did you think of WandaVision? You know, I had mixed thoughts going into it. I mean, it's Marvel. It should be cool. But, right, you know, I heard right. the whole thing about, oh, it's going to be based on sitcoms and I thought that was going to be the whole premise of the show. I didn't know that suddenly we're going to get Sword and we're going to get Marcy and we're going to get Jimmy Woo and we're going to get, you know, all these different, you know, Monica Rambo and everybody in there. The first couple episodes, I was kind of like, well, you know, okay. I was kind of kept going by the little things like the beekeeper coming out of the uh, sewer yeah, or the Stark helicopter that was in color right, right. sitting in her bushes. So those things kind of, and maybe that's probably why they were there just to keep you interested. Like, Oh, there's more to it than a parody of the Dick Van Dyke show and a parody of the Brady Bunch and the parody of whatever. I think, you know, it was, it's kind of a slow burn for the first three or four episodes. And then it takes off and it's just great. I don't yeah. know. They were like, 
fans had a lot of expectations that were probably, you know, fanboy pipe dreams. Oh, Reed Richards is going to come in. Oh, gee, you know, Doctor Strange right. is going to be in the last episode and uh, this mm-hmm. and that. But there were cool Easter eggs. It was cool fan service. Yeah, I mean, I really enjoyed it. It's, and I'm definitely looking forward to Falcon and the Winter Soldier now as, as well as Loki. Oh, it's yeah. like, man, the things that they can do with these characters that we've known for decades and they're putting these new twists on them without right. taking them out of you know, what we're used to or, or what we've grown up, you know, knowing about these characters. What did you think, Lair? I, You know, I was kind of with you guys where it was kind of like, well, nothing really happened in the first episode. And I, I will say I didn't really enjoy, you know, all the little uh, jingles and um Nice little touches, you know, I, I got the homage to the Dick Van Dyke show and, and stuff like that. And it was novel. And, I, you know, maybe I was just in a bad place pandemic wise and, and viewing wise. Wonder Woman 84 greatly disappointed me. <laughs> and I watched the second episode and it was more of the same thing. But like Bob said, you know, the beekeeper and some of the way that the other actors would interact with vision and wanda and there'd there'd be like little glitches in the story and stuff um and then yeah by the third and fourth episode it it just really uh took off and i will say i i did enjoy i I, the music and the jingles and stuff if um if you guys get a chance i I know apple has like all eight or nine uh episodes available to listen to and i've been listening to those after the last episode leading up to us podcasting just to kind of bring me back into uh, the WandaVision flavor. Um, it, it was great. I mean, it went from sitcom to Marvel Cinematic Universe, back to sitcom, a little deeper dive into, um, you know, deep depression. I mean, I, I can't think of another word what Wanda was going through with with loss. Um, yeah, it was, it was, it was great. I I can't wait to see, uh, you know, they're saying there won't be a season two, but I'm sure we're going to see Wanda and Vision and, you know, if, if not another TV, uh, show movies, most certainly. I mean, this started phase four of the MCU. So, yeah, was this actually the actual start? Cause I thought actually, uh, Spider-Man Far From Home was kind of the start of phase four or was that the wrap of wrap up of phase three uh, that's a good <laughs> question was it was it the wrap of one and the beginning of another well it was sort of maybe it was like an in-between thing <clears throat> but i mean it set yeah. up it was supposed to set up the whole theory of the multiverses and then it turned out there was just a bunch of mysterio bs or was it or was it <laughs> or was perhaps it? not Who knows? We- What's interesting is Jazz and I didn't go back into uh, watching WandaVision. I talked with some friends. I talked with my niece, uh, Kayla. And obviously, Jazz and I kind of went back and forth on some stuff. Jazz loves Doctor Strange. And so we uh, we went back and we watched Doctor Strange. And there are so many references to other dimensions and the multiverse Ant-Man and Wasp is on our our list. Uh, We also watched Far From Home. And uh, we're going to go in and watch Endgame eventually. And I think after we watch those, we'll go back into WandaVision. In Spider-Man Far From Home, the one teacher kept on saying, Did you see that, kids? It's wizards. (laughs) So they they were playing around with the idea of magic. Even as far back as as the Spider-Man film. So that was kind of fun. Well, you know, that one commercial for uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Right. Sam's Sam's got his theory. You know, wizards are sorcerers without hats or whatever. You know, and I will say there is a documentary, you know, how uh, Disney Plus um, does a behind the scenes thing. They did it for The Mandalorian. Uh, they did one for WandaVision. And I want to say it's about a half hour, maybe an hour long. I think it's an hour. An hour. Did you yeah, I was surprised how long it was. Yeah, yeah. I, haven't, I haven't seen well, it. it. I have cool. to go check it out. I didn't know it was out. Yeah, Bob. It was, It was. you know, it, it gives you insight. And the people involved, uh, 
you know, the series was created by, was it Jack Schaefer? Yeah. Yeah. And then directed by Matt Shackman. And, you know, he has like a history. And I never thought about this in in sitcoms starring as a kid actor he he later started directing he he did a couple of episodes he directed for game of thrones so going into this they were looking for a director that could jump between you know uh, an episode of the partridge family and then bring bring elements of the mcu into it um uh, if only they did the partridge family <laughs> <laughs> well <laughs> Some the of the practical effects. What was that, Walker? The bus would have been fun. I, I was just thinking that myself. The bus would have been Mar- cool. Marcy could have crashed that bus into. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, I mean, that, you know, missed opportunity. That would have been perfect. Yeah. The, the, the practical effects, like when she's cooking dinner and the lobster's flying around in the menu cards. The, the guy that was doing the special effects he he worked with the guys that did the Dick Van Dyke show. And so he knew all the wire tricks and everything. And they were like, yeah, you know, we could have done CGI, but we wanted to make it look and feel like an episode of television. They brought in a live studio audience for the indoor scenes. I mean, all these little touches. I, I thought it was. Marvel, in- yeah. Marvel oh, puts into the stuff. I thought it was interesting, too, that the crew. Uh, dressed in the era clothing yes. to try yeah. and help the actors be in the mood as well. Well, they even went back and talked to Dick Van Dyke, didn't they? Yes. They, yeah, yeah. It was Kevin Feige, and I want to say it was... Um, I think Matt Shackman, Matt, the director. Yeah. yeah. They had a lunch with, with him. And I'll tell you, everybody had a theory on, you know, whether it's going to be Doctor Strange or, you know, Reed Richards. I was hoping Dick Van Dyke would have had a cameo. Oh, that would have been great. <laughs> you know, but it, it didn't manifest. And and it was a full set of guests. I mean, from introducing Agatha into the MCU and, and kind of that kind of wink and nod to the X-Men's version of Quicksilver with Mr. Boner. Um, <laughs> All that for a boner joke. One thing that drove me crazy, I was really happy that they brought uh, Monica Rambeau into the the Marvel Universe, but they kept calling her Rambo. (laughs) You know, Rambo, uh, Sylvester Stallone instead of Rambo. It was just sort of like, "Ah, it'll be interesting to see, though, what sort of, if she develops a code name, what it will be. Because, of course, originally she took on the Captain Marvel code name because the Captain Marvel, the Kree warrior was dead at that time. So she became Captain Marvel and then they decide, well, okay, we're going to give her a different code name. And I think she was maybe Photon next. And then I think she was Spectrum and I don't know how many other code names she's had. So um, I'm wondering if it will be Spectrum just because they showed her powers and her eyes changing colors. Yeah. So maybe that's the direction they'll go. Well, we'll see, because she was called up to meet with uh, Mr. Fury, correct? At right. The end. So, so that, that, yeah. that was another cool tie-in, just having you know, the scroll and sort of the inference that Fury wants to talk to her and all that. I love all the connective tissue. Uh, bringing in Jimmy Woo, you know, was great. He does the little <laughs> card trick. Here's my card, you know. Oh. Well, and they kind of turned him from what was sort of a one-note comedy character mm-hmm. to, you know, this guy actually is pretty good at what he does, you know. He's right. he's a good agent. He was a leader, too. I, I really, you know, hey, give us a Jimmy Woo uh, series, someone had said in the in the making of. I've, I'd be down for it. Oh, so, yeah, yeah. Somebody was saying there should be a uh, Jimmy <laughs> Woo and Darcy series. Hey, that would, you know, that'd I mean, be they, cool. They made a good well, team. It could almost be like Mulder and Scully or whatever. It, you know, in the, in the comics, Jimmy Woo was a real uh, agent – uh, he had been an agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. And and there was a, a really great book that was out for a while, um, I don't know, 10 years ago, something like that, called uh, Agents of Atlas. Mm. And they, they took all these characters from the 50s, so back when Marvel was Atlas Comics, and uh, they took these older characters, uh, Marvel Boy, 
there was a robot, maybe called Robot Man. You guys are all, all the comics people are going to be like, she doesn't know what she's talking about. I'm old, guys. I forget things. Um, I think Namor Rita, who was Submariner's cousin. Uh, there was an Ape Man. I said, oh, no, I think it was Congo Rilla. Uh, anyway, all these really kind of goofy characters, but they had some great stories. And Jimmy Woo was the guy who was sort of leading them and sending them out on adventures. And it was it was just a really fun comic book. Um, so I'd, it would be cool if they could do it would be sort of I could see it in the spirit of sort of Guardians of the Galaxy. But on Earth, that would be a fun, fun yeah. thing to see. And they got television, you know, with the Disney Plus thing. He doesn't right. have to. You know, so that would be fun. And, be yeah, cool that's the beautiful do. thing about this whole new Marvel Disney Plus venture is that unlike Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. or the Netflix series, it's all interconnected with the universe. So mm -hmm. very uh, strongly. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, so with well, the Netflix mean, think, of, think of what they could have done with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. if it wasn't for the fact that the TV division and the movie division were at odds with each other and didn't want to acknowledge each other. But yeah, right. That's true. I, I right. was thinking too. the Netflix, they made references to New York, you know, the battle of New York and, you know, the big green guy and stuff like that, but they never outright said, yeah, it would be great if the defenders and the Avengers teamed up or, you know, had a cameo yeah. by Spider-Man or yeah, lady Sif was in there, but she was in one episode, but, um, that was like the extent I think of any kind of crossover stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, hey, you know moving forward, who knows? The one thing that really um, surprised me about this show is how much of the comics they actually packed into these episodes. Right. Um, because, you know, I, like I said, I was a big fan of these characters and they, you know, they were in Avengers for a long time together. Then they had a couple of miniseries together. And honestly, the miniseries, I did not think were that great. But there were a couple of things in the miniseries that were notable, including Wanda sort of manifesting these twins. They put that in the in the WandaVision show. Even the little, the point where, where uh, Wanda and Vision do the magic show together. Mm-hmm. And they call themselves, I think, Glamour and Illusion. That's taken from the miniseries uh, where they, there were two characters named Glamour and Illusion who did magic. Um, there's just all these little things that you can tell. OK, they they went in, they actually read and learned about the characters and they sort of cherry picked stuff. And of course, the white vision showing up is a, a big thing from the comics, because that's when, you know, things really kind of fell apart between Wanda and Vision when he was disassembled by the world governments and lost his personality, lost his connection to Wanda. That's when that couple sort of unraveled at Marvel and they included that here. And I thought that was a, a really cool handling of that. I mean, they just packed like so much in nine episodes. It's kind of hard to um, keep track of everything, but they they handled it so well, you know, all these disparate events that were triggered by totally different things in the comics, but they managed to kind of connect them all together here in the yeah. series. And I thought that was a pretty creative way of, quote, bringing Vision back. I mean, yeah, he was mm -hmm. back in the series, but it wasn't really Vision. It was just an illusion, you know, created by Wanda. So to have the white Vision suddenly he regains all his memories... And then flies off to who knows where. Yeah. That's obviously leaving things open for him to return, which is cool because, you know, when I was bit way back when I was reading comics, I mean, Avengers were basically yeah, Scarlet Witch and the Vision and Wonder Man and Hawkeye. And, you know, it wasn't like Captain America, Thor and Hulk and all that. So, yeah. you know, this this is my, you know, my Avengers. <laughs> but... Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm sure he's probably flying back to Wakanda because Shuri's the only one that really knows how to fix him. You know, St Tony Stark's not around anymore. And who knows if Hulk Banner can do anything for him. <laughs> he wasn't so great with time travel. <laughs> <laughs> That's interesting. I never thought about that, Bob. But Banner did help create the Vision, so maybe he will it is. go well, that, back That was the Banner. thing in Infinity War. It's like... They were trying to yeah. figure out how to reroute his system to take the Mind Stone out. 
And uh, sure, he's the one saying, you know, well, didn't you think about doing this and that? And, what, you know, right. And, you know, Banner's <laughs> like, uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, and it was curious because another thing that happened in the um, finale when Vision asked Wanda, what am I? You know, she kind of said, you're the, the part of the Mind Stone that lives in me. And, you know, it's like her, probably all her best memories of him and all that, that she manifested through the Mind Stone. So is there something she could do to the White Vision to kind of give him more humanity? I don't know. Possibly. You know? Hey, I've, got, yeah, I've they, got one huge White Vision question, though. Well, actually, it's really just a vision question. But White Vision goes to pull the stone out of Vision's head, and Vision just, you know, becomes translucent and disappears and comes back. How come he couldn't do that in Infinity War? That would have saved us having to sit through three hours of Endgame. I forget (laughs) if I was reading or watching something, and somebody said that he had been damaged by one of Thanos's henchman and couldn't become intangible i don't know i'd have to go back and watch the movie again to see if that's just the fact that he did that in wandavision it's like hey how come he couldn't do that before yeah it's a good question yeah i don't know that that was obvious to me in in infinity war but maybe there was some something about that i don't know i didn't even think about it when thanos was like reaching in to grab it it's like yeah well why doesn't he just Disappear, come back. Well, and also Thanos has got the gems, though, so maybe he's got so much powers he just counteracts Vision's abilities because so what he's got the Reality Stone, he's got all the other stones. Maybe you know it's like, oh yeah, you can try that, but I'm going to use my my powers on you to stop it. That's that Thanos man. He's got some stones. He's a tricky dude. (laughs) (laughs) He's got some stones on him. I will say, and and my wife noticed this that in in Endgame, the the points where I cried involved like Sam showing up and telling Cap on your left, you know, and and the heroes, and obviously you know Tony sacrifice. But when when uh, Wanda and Vision said goodbye, when Wanda ended Vision's life, and then Thanos came and ended his life, I I didn't really cry. I I didn't have the emotional investment in those two characters like I did after watching and this is why I think Marvel is brilliant they give you five six seven eight episodes of of them loving each other arguing with each other falling apart coming back together having children so that in the end when and I I can't say the words that Walker said otherwise I will like just start blubbering but when (laughs) she tells him what he is to me, it, it's almost like, you know, we've all suffered loss. We've lost family members, friends. And I don't know about you guys, but they visit me in my dreams, not every night, but every once in a while, I can hold my grandfather's hand and have a conversation with my father that, you know, I so desperately still need and, and desire. And Wanda was able to take that dream and, and make it into her reality for however long the hex lasted and you know this is this is larry putting all this into the story that probably you know wasn't intended to be but when she tells him this is who you are to me and i have to let you go oh what we need to do is is do a planet eight watching sad endings to show (laughs) and throw that on youtube We'll, we'll get a million views because I was just inconsolable. She was handing me tissues and it's okay, dear. It's just a TV show. And I'm like, but she loved him so much. And he. I think, Larry, that's part of the reason. I mean, I think it would have been moving for people mm-hmm. regardless. But I think especially like given the year everybody's been through, you know, and a lot of people have lost people. And even if we haven't, you know, directly lost people, we understand what's going on in the world. We understand, you know, the sense of loss of just other things besides people, you know, the loss of, of connection, the loss of um, freedom and the loss of, you know, joy, you know. So I think seeing that it, it hits hard for people, you know. You know, and, and they're, they really are like magicians at Marvel because they started this whole thing filming back in 2019. 
right? Then they had to stop production when when the pandemic hit. And then it was late 2020, August, September, when they finished up the series and stuff. But yeah, it, my God, it just really, this is, this is like finale of the Mandalorian season two worthy cry. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's funny because, you know, you talk about the pandemic. I was watching the talking dead last week mm. and the walking dead has been going through the whole pandemic, the shooting during the pandemic. Mm-hmm. And last week's episode was basically showing Daryl actually had a uh, girlfriend and basically they never really kissed during the episode. And they, you know, they had the actress who played the girlfriend on talking dead. They asked her about it and she's like, well, we couldn't because of the pandemic. So here's something where the pandemic actually affects the writing on the show or what happens on the show. And obviously Wanda and vision kiss, who knows if that was like, shot before the pandemic or they just said to hell with the rules or whatever, but the pandemic is affecting everything even down to that point where shows Mm -hmm. have to be rewritten characters on shows have to, you know, socially distance or whatever. And I think that's another reason why Marvel's moving all of their production down to Australia now down to Sydney Mm -hmm. because they have things under control and the, and people Rules know how to do less it. Lax, so mm-hmm. they're able to do what they need to do without having to think about all these other factors. Yeah, I I would agree with you on that. We have uh, cousins in Australia, and they they were. Well, I won't take up podcast time, but if, if you Google Australia and COVID, I mean, you, you can only travel within so many centimeters or uh, meters of your home and, and you have to have like a pass and they have frequent lockdowns and it, it's just, but it's working. So tie me kangaroo down sport. <laughs> <laughs> but Hey, um, what did you guys think of it? Was there any inclination that Agatha was Agatha leading up to the reveal, which, and by the way, that theme song with an homage to the monsters, <laughs> I play almost daily and, and it drives my wife crazy. <laughs> the, the funniest meme that I saw that was associated with WandaVision was basically the shot of Agatha saying, and I killed Sparky too. And then the next, then right below it was a picture of like John Wick loading a gun. <laughs> so if you've seen the John Wick movies, it all kind of starts with his dog being killed. So that was, that well, was amazing. I, I think the the problem with um, anything nowadays is people are always throwing out rumors or, you know, theories or whatever. So the whole Agnes Agatha thing was kind of out there early on and I, I was aware of it. And certainly, be you know, she seems sort of suspicious. Man, I avoided the internet like nobody's business. Agatha caught me totally by surprise. Ah. See, now something just popped into popped into my brain. A thought is forming in my brain. Mm. Agnes wasn't Agnes the nosy neighbor on Bewitched across the street. <laughs> Yes. Okay. Yes, yeah, she yeah. was, sir. That's why I was like, oh, okay, nosy neighbor. Oh, I get it. Yeah. I, I did it. look at the internet and I did see, well, they weren't really spoilers because it was just people saying, oh, I think this is going to happen or I think that's going to happen. And it was kind of interesting to read a lot of it. But I think the way it played out and the fact that they did not bring in Doctor Strange or bring in Reed Richards or, you know, I mean, yes, they brought in fake Pietro or real Pietro, depending on what court you're in. But... Yeah, that that was like the big surprise. The rest of it, even Paul Bettany on uh, Twitter or something said that there's one big cameo coming that you guys aren't ready for. And he was just referring to White Vision. But everyone thought, oh, that must be Doctor Strange or something. Yeah, I I like what they did with Quicksilver. It was like uh, in Bewitched, Dick York and um, who was the other Darren? Oh, Dick Sergeant. Sergeant. Yeah, Dick Sergeant. Dick Sergeant. Yeah, they, they just recast them. That's all. I mean, <laughs> well, getting getting back to to um, Agatha Harkness. Ah, yes. One thing. I mean, the thing is, it was not unexpected because in the comics, when Scarlet Witch decided she wanted to study magic, 
she went to Agatha Harkness. So again, it like goes back to the comics. They, mm. they said, oh, this was in the comics. Let's do it. But unlike the comics, they turned Agatha into a, a villain right. and an opponent and a much, well, technically a younger woman, but not really because she's been around for hundreds of years. She right. looks younger and everything. But, you know, again, they took something from the source material, but they changed it up to give Wanda sort of an opponent and alter ego kind of villain person to play off of, which I thought was really an, an interesting way to do things. Right. And then, yeah, you know, the Quicksilver thing, I don't know. I'm kind of in the camp where I, I felt it was an unnecessary burn. because <laughs> You know, they bring in Evan Peters who played such a great Quicksilver in the X-Men franchise. And, you know, I mean, I would love, I would have loved if they were doing the whole multiverse thing, if they just brought him over, it's like, yeah, that would have been a lot of fun. But then to turn him into a dick joke, it was just like, yeah, guys, come well, on. That's, I don't know. It, it might not be over. Marvel doesn't ever do anything by mistake. I mean, if they could bring Jimmy Woo back in the way that they did. Well, they didn't kill him. I, you know that right. They didn't kill him, so maybe he has a spell on a. He thinks he's a boner, and he's really uh, X Men. I don't maybe know. Maybe he's maybe he's not Ralph Boner. Maybe that was just maybe something was Agnes planted. did. He's not a but boner. I, I he's a Maximoff. Say before we, what's that, Bob? He's not a boner. He's a Maximoff. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Before we go on, uh, Kristen Anderson Lopez, Robert Lopez, and Christoph. Beck um, did the music on on the show and brilliant. I mean, especially the Lopez's with it was Agatha all along. <laughs> Kudos to them. And again, if you guys get a chance to to listen to the soundtracks, uh, oh, so much fun. Um, let me ask you guys this. Well, one of the things that kind of bugged me was here's Agatha saying, well, you know, I noticed all this hex magic going on. You built the hex and all the magic and I had to come and check it out. Where was Doctor Strange? He's the Sorcerer Supreme. He he was telling, you know, Thor at the end of Doctor Strange that he monitors, you know, powers and, and magics. And, and his brother Loki was, you know, where was Doctor Strange? Didn't he notice what Agatha noticed? Dumbfounded. I don't know. Yeah. You know. <laughs> yeah. Maybe he was taking Out a nap. Out getting a damn yeah. good question. <laughs> taking a nap. Uh, well, you know, we'll see. Maybe Strange was stuck somewhere in the multiverse. Mm-hmm. Um, I was talking with Kayla, my niece, and uh, it was so funny because with Jasmine, I have to wait till she gets home from work. She, she cleans up. We have dinner and then we watch WandaVision on Disney and we watch The Servant over on Apple. And that's a that's a good series, too. But anyway, um Kayla just burned through WandaVision without her boyfriend. She's like, ah, you know, it's hard to get him to sit down and watch. I'm like, what? You got to watch it without him. How cool. You didn't have to wait. But um, I was so we were talking about, you know, the ending. Vision goes on his way. Where'd Vision go? We all had ideas. And Wanda doing her little thing, you know, out of body experience study time. And she hears the twins, right? I mean, you, did you guys hear that? Yeah, too? calling for yeah. help at the end. Yeah. Yeah, mom. And Kayla had said, well, no, they, they disappeared with, with Vision when she shut down the hex. And I'm like, but we didn't see them pixelate or anything. She says, yeah, we did. Remember when they were outdoors no, and no, Wanda no. opened up the hex to let people leave and they started pixelating? I'm like, ah, that's right. You know, because when we put them to bed, we didn't see them pixelate. She turned off the light and they went downstairs. So Yeah, they're like, oh, we don't want to see you die. We're going downstairs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We'll, we'll leave you here to scream in your death throes. And we're going to go like, downstairs and have Vision, a moment. I, I like how Vision leaves. Good night, chaps. Good night, chaps. You're about to die. Good night, chaps. It's been real or unreal or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just. We're done with you now. <laughs> It's an interesting way to end. I guess it's typical Marvel. It's like, wait, what? Well, you know, did they well, do you think they're still around? She's, 
she said, thank you for choosing me to be your mom. So was there supposed to be something there? I don't know. Was that a, was that a, a spell that was cast? I don't Did know. Did she attract two souls? Did she throw them in a different universe or dimension? See, internet speculation. Now we're the just mirror. like everybody else. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, in the comics, Billy and Tommy go on to become Wiccan and Speed and join the Young Avengers. And I think they're making a Young Avengers show, aren't they? So, okay. So, <laughs> so having not read the comics, and I'm sure some of our listeners haven't, how did they come about in the comics? Were they created as an illusion uh, through Wanda or was there some other implant so, in the vision or what? So she's she did... They had these kids, and originally it was sort of like, well, it's magic. She just sort of had made the kids happen between her and Vision. But then it was later revealed that I think they were actually um, – their souls were shards of Mephisto's soul, something like that. It was very bizarre. Uh-huh. And then they later got reclaimed, and so they disappeared. And this was part of the thing that made her later go cuckoo. And that caused the whole Avengers disassembled thing. Mm -hmm. But then they, I'm not sure, Bob, I can't honestly remember at this time how they came back, but they did wind up coming back as like, they, I think they sort of like reincarnated into teenagers. I I don't know, but they're back anyway. Well, I mean, maybe that's what's (laughs) going to happen here, but if they're not going to have a season two, then where does that happen? Does that happen in... Doctor Strange 2 or somewhere down the line? When does Vision show up again? Black Panther 2 or somewhere? Mm-hmm. Who well, knows? Who knows? Yeah, and they've got that secret invasion show as well, I think. So, I, you know, uh, Monica could show up in that. Maybe Vision will show up there. Who knows? Oh, yeah, they've got secret invasion. They've got She-Hulk. They've got quite a few mm-hmm. things on the burner. Yeah, it's tough to say. Let me ask you guys this. Was there a theory that you had of someone showing up that didn't happen? Like most other theories. Well, I think, you know, I think I was in the camp of hoping that Doctor Strange would, you know, maybe even make a post credit appearance Mm -hmm. or something to tie it into Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. But no. Uh, other than that, I was kind of hoping Mephisto would be showing up. Mm-hmm. I was kind of hoping that he was behind everything. Because I didn't no. really read the comics, so I didn't really know much about Agatha. But it was Agatha all the time. It was. <laughs> what about you, Karen? I think, I, I don't think I went into it with a whole lot of expectations. I'll agree with Bob. I, I think mainly because I heard a lot of stuff tying this to the Doctor Strange movie. I thought maybe he would show up in a cameo. The other thing I started thinking once Agatha kind of revealed her lair and it looked like the Darkhold book was there, as I thought the demon or entity Chathon would show up because in the comics Chathon had possessed Wanda and uh, used her for a while. And I thought, oh, that's how they'll explain the Scarlet Witch entity. And it would almost be like a dark Phoenixy kind of thing. Yeah. So I thought, oh, you know, this they'll kind of absolve Wanda of what she's been doing by saying, oh, Chathon has been influencing her or something like that. But I mean, really, it was all just Wanda and her grief taking over her and and you know i don't know how you guys feel about it i kind of felt like she got away scot-free i mean yes she maybe didn't necessarily consciously realize all the things she was doing to those people in the town i don't know how conscious she was of what she was doing to everybody but at the end she just sort of walks up she tells monica she's sorry and she flies off And like all these people have been through like all this horror for I don't know what, like how long was it? A a few weeks or something? Their kids have been locked away. Well, you've got like all these people that she affected that in the real world, I guess they'd be bringing lawsuits against her or somebody. (laughs) It's like, you know, she just there's no penance or anything for her. I mean, I realize like she was suffering, too, but 
it seems like I don't know. She should she should have tried to do something for them. It just it's kind of well, weird. It, at the end of Civil War, they all get incarcerated. Well, not all of them, but you know the, those Avengers that fought Stark's uh, side of the team, and Cap busts them out. You know, so effectively makes them fugitives. Yeah, but there was nothing for Wanda. It was like, sorry, I you know. And then it, it was such a horrible thing to to be part of that. And that's the punishment she gives Agatha. It's like, wow, that's so inhuman and cruel. <laughs> but there's also the part where she says, I know where to find you. Yeah. So well, maybe she, that she opens the door to maybe Agatha will come back and, uh, and be her mentor. Mm-hmm. Although I got to ask, is it just me? Or did the actress who played Agatha and who, who was that? That was uh, Catherine oh, Hahn. Catherine Hahn. Does she have a slight resemblance to Ted Cruz? <laughs> that kind of got that kind of had me hating her from the beginning, but but I digress. Um, God, now I can see that. <laughs> now you're never going to watch the series the same way. That again. is so weird, Bob. I uh. But I think, you know, the fact that Wanda flew off without any repercussions is probably why she's living in a cabin in the woods. Right. I'm, I'm thinking this may play out later on. You know, she's she's going to be kind of viewed as the Hulk. You know, even though the Hulk tried to do good, you know, people fear him because he, he's more destructive than than good in their eyes. I'll tell you that scene. I think I mentioned this to you, Larry, when they showed that credit scene with her in the cabin and the big mountain behind her. Right. Because I'm such a comic geek. I was like, oh, I hope that's Wondagore Mountain. And I kept thinking that maybe they'll go up the mountain and show the high evolutionary looking down on her. Because there was this whole connection in the comics where her mom had shown up at Wondagore Mountain with her and, and Pietro when they were just born and the high evolutionary was connected to them. And it was like, that was the mountain where they were born, and that was where uh, Chithon had been. And anyway, I thought, oh, they'll have some connection there, and nothing happened. And I was like, oh, okay. Well, see, here, here's, my, here's my big disappointment in the series. Right? They bring back Quicksilver from the X-Men universe, and Marvel bought Fox. They own the X-Men universe. I thought, this is perfect. Now they can reveal Magneto as their father. And then later in the series, when she goes through her flashback episode and her dad and her mom are just regular Sokovian peasants. (laughs) Nothing, nothing really exciting. Could have been, could have been Magneto, but no. I, uh, I'll say that, uh, at the end when, you know, they're going over the, the lake and, and into the cabin, I thought that was Magneto's cabin. From from when he got married and had the daughter and the daughter dies in the woods, you know, he gets shot by the uh, the soldiers or whatever. And I'm like, oh, my God, they're going to do it. And they didn't. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, well, because everybody is um, just I, dying for that very first taste of the X-Men or the Fantastic Four coming into the MCU. And I think seeing seeing Quicksilver at the door and who he was Everyone thought that's the first little taste mm-hmm. of something coming. And then it was just a boner joke. Well, there's all these rumors now about, oh, there's going to be X-Men in Falcon and the Winter Soldier. They're going to show Wolverine. They're going to do People are like going through the roof with all these ideas about what's going to show up in the next year. And they're just setting themselves up to be right. disappointed, you know? People going through the hex are going to become mutants because it altered their DNA or their mm-hmm. RNA, or, you know? And it's like, well, I don't know. Um, I will say this about the high evolutionary, uh, Karen. When when I was watching Doctor Strange, Mordo pulls out a... Um, like a club or something and and strange is like well what's that and he's like oh this is the staff of the living tribunal and i'm like oh that's that's you know a reference to the you know um so I, I, hey who knows what they're going to introduce or when and how and you know name dropping things i mean it, it's it's cool you know to, to mm-hmm. have stuff like that in the in the series i haven't really been like i said i haven't really been reading the comics so i have to go back each episode and like 
read up on what the Easter eggs were because I, I miss a bunch because it has to do with comics. I, I, I saw one, I think, either this morning or last night, that the house number of the house they lived in was 2,800, which was supposedly like Earth 2,800 where all this is taking place. And, you know, it was just <laughs> all these little tiny <laughs> things that are thrown in that maybe were intentional, maybe weren't. But, I think people are reaching sometimes. Yeah. But like I say, you know, I think, and I think that's actually the cool thing about these series is the fact that they leave themselves open to all this fan speculation. And nobody, can, you know, Kevin Feige doesn't come out and say, nope, that's not true. That's not true. Just yeah. let them run wild with all these theories. And, you know, maybe they'll happen. Maybe they won't. I think it was a nice touch. Uh, you know, God rest his soul, stands not with us anymore. But uh, as far as having a cameo, I think it was on one of the license plates. They had his birthday mm-hmm. as as the date, and that was kind of like a sweet little aw. Yeah, I'm, so I'm sure I, they're going to find some way to fit Stan into all the movies, picture in the background, or like the license plate, or something. Something, yeah. Stanley's um, Bakery in the background, or something. Yeah, but like I said, you know these these movies and now the TV shows have so many Easter eggs. It's like how much of it was intentional and how much of it was a sweet little mistake, you know? Well, did you notice the um, theater marquee in the town said Tannhauser Gate, which was a yeah. Blade Runner reference? You know, when yeah. Roy Batty is dying and he's talking, I've seen things you people wouldn't, you know, and he mentions what is it the sea beams outside Tannhauser gate or i now see i'm still i can't remember stuff <laughs> but you know and then you have the scene later with vision you know crying and disappearing and it's right. like oh the reference you know it's an oblique reference to right. another synthetic person who who dies right so i thought that was kind of cool it's brilliant i mean I, on, at one point in time the marquee had the incredibles Mm-hmm. And the vision, the kids and Wanda take that famous stance yeah. of the Incredibles. You were born for this. It's like, oh, my God. <laughs> Obviously, there's probably some Marvel movies that we haven't watched in a while. But a lot of times when you go back and watch some Lord of the older Dark Marvel World. movies, you're like, oh, man, that was foreshadowing something that happened 10 years down the line or 10 movies down the line that. So they've had foreshadowing since God, almost the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. It is crazy to think like how much they have built. I mean, I still remember being at Comic-Con for the Iron Man yes. uh, panel in Hall H and being like, what is this going to be like? And the first thing they ran was an old Iron Man cartoon for like a minute. And we're like, what? And then they showed the footage <laughs> Of the you know the Mark One the big gray armor and even that we were like freaking out that was looked so cool but then they showed you know the the traditional red and gold flying by and everybody just started like jumping right. up and down because we knew like oh my god they they're going to do this right aren't they they're actually going to make a really good Marvel movie that was back in what two thousand seven I think that that summer. There was a degree of success with Blade, uh, sure. the X-Men, Spider-Man, Tobey Maguire, but this was like Marvel by Marvel. Yeah, it was unbelievable. Well, yeah, all and the others were Fox and Sony and whatever, so it was not... I mean, yes, Stanley and Avi Arad had executive producer credits and things, but it wasn't truly Marvel until Iron Man. Yeah. And, you know, you just got to give it to Kevin Feige. I mean, man, he, you know, same with Favreau. I mean, Favreau's doing for Star Wars what he did for Marvel. You know, the guy has talent. Um, well, that's, that the, that's the beauty, just the fact that they have it all just mapped out and outlined. You know, it's like when you're in school and you're going to write a you're going to write a paper and the teacher says, do an outline first. And you're like, oh, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. But no, nah, he. He did his outline and right. was sticking to it. Yeah, I remember that Comic-Con, Karen, and and how ballsy it was to bring Robert Downey Jr. into mm-hmm. the starring role with his history. And yet, 
with that history, casting wise, he made the perfect choice for Tony Stark. Oh, yeah. I mean, I mean without I, I got to say, without Robert Downey Jr., I don't think we have any of this. He was the mm-hmm. bedrock for all of this. Yeah. You know, and I, I, and it's the most it's the, the best film franchise of all time. And I, I you know, I, I love my Star Wars and Star Trek and, and Lord of the Rings and all that. But nobody's achieved what these guys have achieved. Well, here, here's like a little really obscure trivia for you. Do you know what Robert Downey Jr.'s first job was coming out of rehab? I do not. I, I, yeah, I'm, I'm a blank. Well, Elton John had a song called I Want Love, and he had to do a video for it, and he hated being in videos. So he hired Robert Downey Jr. to just walk <laughs> through his mansion and, and mouth the words to the song, like he was singing it as he's walking along. And that was like his first... <laughs> basically his first chance coming out of rehab to do something and kind of get back into quote entertainment. Hilarious. Now what right he now did between that, that and Iron Man, I don't know, but yeah. gotta look that up. Yeah. Just go on YouTube and look up Elton John. I want love and the video will pop up and it's Robert Downey Jr. In the whole video. Fantastic. That's brilliant. Well, let me ask you guys, any last minute thoughts or comments on the phenomenon of WandaVision? <laughs> well, I think it was a great way to kick off this whole Disney Plus series of series. I, I was wondering, you know, why would they kick it off with WandaVision? Why not start with Loki or start with Falcon and the Winter Soldier? And they start with this and it really sets up things really well. And... Yeah, I was, I was very, very pleasantly surprised with the whole thing. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think they did something totally unexpected. And different. Yeah, they did something that I think, uh, and also, you know, it's probably something that pulled in viewers that people that might not normally be interested in Marvel. You know, I've, right. I've heard people say that, you know, oh, my girlfriend or my wife or whoever – decided to watch because of the sitcom or because it's focused on a female character or whatever. Um, so, you know, they took a little bit of a chance with what they did, you know, going a completely different route than what they normally take. Like, you know, you can look at Falcon and Winter Soldier and you kind of see, oh, they're going sort of the spy action thriller kind of route, which is something you would expect from Marvel. But this was, you know, much more of a personal story. And then they, throw it on its end with this sitcom thing. So, yeah, they took a risk. But I think we all trust Marvel enough to, you know, kind of say, okay, I'm not sure I'm on board with this, but I'll, I'll sit through it and see what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, and it was worth it. Really touching, touching little series. And, you know, now we're all like, oh, what's going what's gonna to come next? What's going to come next? So, Well, I think right. that all kind of started okay. with uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. It's like, what? They're going to have Rocket Raccoon up on the big screen and how the heck are they going to do this? And, you know, it turned out great. So, yeah, same thing. You know, how are they going to put a bunch of sitcoms and we're supposed to enjoy this? Right. Right. Once once they sold people on a talking raccoon and a tree, they could get away with anything after that, pretty much. <laughs> you know, and, and the Marvel Cinematic Universe has dealt with loss before. The first thing that comes to my mind is Cap and Peggy. In mm-hmm. the first Captain America movie. And then after that, you know, the age difference was insurmountable. And like I said, Wanda and Vision, I enjoyed the scenes that they had together in, in the various films. But giving me, what, four or five more hours uh, devoted to that bond, that love that they had was all the difference in the world. I mean, they are like one of my favorite couples now in, in the MCU. Um, it was just a really good story that dealt with loss, grief, hope, love, and and magic and, and Agatha all along. So uh, <laughs> a, a good series. I'm, I'm happy. You know, th- this is going to kind of be like Watchmen where we're going to get one series because uh, or one season because it was just that damn good. I can't see them having one division season two and you know, where would they go with it then? I mean, it, it would, I don't know. I mean, never that's, say that's never the question. I mean, would you want them to? 
Yeah, exactly. Or, or is exactly. this better just left as a single entity in and of itself? Mm-hmm. That, that was the Watchmen on HBO Max. It's like they, they had like 10, 10 or 12 episodes, however many episodes. And it was brilliant, you know, and, and yeah. that was it. I so. hope they don't try to do a second season. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I don't think they will. It but. could be Marvel saying we're done and Disney saying, no, no, it was a hit. Do some more. <laughs> so hopefully well, it's not like a forced we, we, second you never season. Know. You know. Okay. So, Chief, before we get into the censor sweep, yes. we're going to talk about Rondos. Woo-hoo! Not Rambo, Rondo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, once again, Planet 8 is honored to be nominated for a Rondo Award. And best multimedia website, which basically is their category for podcasts. So please, 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 please go over to RondoAward.com and uh, vote for Planet 8. Show your support. Vote early, vote often. I think last year, the podcast that won this category was like Gilbert Gottfried's podcast about monster movies or something, or horror movies. Yes. Is he nominated again this year? Oh, yeah, of no. course. <laughs> well, I, I think we might know what might happen, but if we had a tremendous surge of support. Well, see, it's almost like Lord Bloodraw is up for best horror host, so please go vote for him. Yay! But right. he's up against Fenguli, who has national support, and he always wins. Ooh. So, yeah, you know, if we can at least get some honorable mentions going, that would be a good uh. thing. He's going up against Elvira and the twins, too. So that's. Uh, oh, my goodness. Uh, they almost need to have like two levels of, of category, like professional and semi professional or something, right. you know? Well, supposedly, like, Rich Cause last year, Rich Cause being Sven Gulli, he won. And then he said he was going to withdraw from it this year so that others would have a, cho- uh, would have a chance. But I saw he's back in the nominations again, so well, who knows? Maybe it's because people just nominated him. I mean, or you know, maybe just he put him in. Doesn't yeah. have an option. I don't but know. I mean, it's cool that we did get in for a second year. Yes, uh, thanks to everybody well, who nominated it, us. Absolutely, and and you guys can vote more than once. So if if every single time you vote for Planet Eight, that's fine. Uh, we wouldn't complain. Um, <laughs> they can vote more than once. Yes. We need one of these Silicon Valley hackers to go in there and just (laughs) (laughs) go in and just do an endless loop of Planet 8 votes and get us in. I don't know. We'll have to check those rules. I thought they would look at like your email address or something. No, no. You can vote as many times as you want, they said. Now, I think think it's interesting that we get, and it's great that we got nominated again. My other website, Sci-Fi Japan, which is huge and is up for Rondos every year, we're not nominated this year. So, yeah, I don't know how we fell out of that. But so, you know, that's even nicer that Planet 8 got a second chance. Yeah, that's awesome. Take nothing for granted. I don't know know if you need like a certain amount of votes to come back the next year or... Because we didn't, you know, none of us nominated ourselves, so I don't know who nope. nominated us, but thank you very much if you're out there and you nominated <laughs> us. It was Agatha all along. <laughs> <laughs> we, need some Agatha, so, we need some Agatha Wanda magic for this thing. <laughs> this week's censor sweep is your mission commander's censor sweep, and it is an investment, I'll tell you. This this book is huge. It, it's like the book that Wanda used in the uh, final episode. Tauschen puts out these rather large books, and there was a sale a couple months ago, so the, I I did not have to pay the full price on this, which is crazy. A whopper. <laughs> but it, it it is. Um, it is the Stan Lee story. And this this is a beautiful book, lovingly put together by Tauschen, uh, Roy Thomas. And we forgot to mention, Roy Thomas is also the creator of... The Vision. Dun, dun, dun. With John Buscema. And with John Buscema, yeah. It but, was uh, Roy, Roy Thomas all the time. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. 
so uh, he he uh, worked with Tauschen, put this book together, um, hundreds of pages. I haven't gone through it. I've had it for two months. It's it's just every page you want to just marvel at the the <laughs> pictures that they have. The uh, the writing is top notch. Stan was involved in this uh, before his passing. He was able to um, see the finished product. There's video on the Tauschen website of, of Stan uh, making comments and uh, cheeky as ever. I mean, it was just classic Stan. This is a beautiful book. If you have a chance to get it, I'm sure they run sales. How tall is that, Larry? That looks like a two-foot long book. Yeah, it's a foot wide and about two feet tall. I mean, it's it's huge. Oh, let me see if I can. You guys can't see it, but we'll post pictures. Yeah, that is impressive. We need to post pictures of like Larry holding it. Here's my that's what I'll do. Here's my phone next He's to it. I mean, wow. buy it. Yeah, this is the kind of book that you need a coffee table to lay it on. You don't want to put it on your lap. My yeah. well, you're, you can, you're not you can make a coffee table out of it. it. <laughs> Definitely not. But yeah, if you guys uh, get a chance, I highly recommend this book. It is lovingly put together and a great tribute. Is it is it about his life in publishing or his whole life or his whole life? So, you know, when he was a young man and his aspirations and meeting his wife and getting involved in timely comics and then, you know, going back to Marvel Comics and working with Jack and Roy and, and you know, putting the bullpen together. And that, that's about as far as I've gotten. I haven't gotten into the MCU and. You know, he was heavily involved in the Spider-Man cartoon and all that stuff. I mean, mm-hmm. he Very was nice. really not just a face of Marvel, but I think its biggest cheerleader. Uh, look, I mean, you know, I, I, I love Stan dearly. I, I appreciate the contributions that he's made. I know there's a, a, a recent book that came out. I don't even know the name of it. That, that kind of tears him down a bit. I wouldn't bother with that trash. <laughs> <laughs> I'd invest in this and, and just enjoy all the stories and the regalia that that are included in it. All right. So that's the uh, end of this episode. We want to thank you guys for tuning in. Make sure you head over to our YouTube page. We are close to 100 subscribers. Uh, One of the things that happens. I know. One of the (laughs) things that happens, you get 100 subscribers, you're able to put your uh, name into the URL. So it would be YouTube backslash Planet 8 podcast or something like that. Um, rather than D one semicolon three four five blah blah blah. <laughs> so anyway, you guys take care. We'll see you next time. On that note, this will conclude this transmission from Planet Eight. We would like to thank all of our intergalactic audience for listening. Be sure to head on over to our website at www.planetatepodcast.blogspot.com where you can get more information on this episode's topic. For more conversation, find us on Twitter at Planet8Cast. Or on Facebook at facebook.com slash planet8podcast. We want to thank you guys for tuning in each and every episode. We look forward to your input and opinions. Until next time, this is Planet8 signing off. End transmission. By George, he's got it. It is the end. Hello, dear. I'm Agnes, your neighbor to the right. My right, not yours. Forgive me for not stopping by sooner to welcome you to the block. My mother-in-law was in town, so I wasn't. (laughs) So, what's your name? Where are you from? And most importantly, how's your bridge game, hon?
killed Sparky too. of friendly advice. Is it about the way I'm dressed? Yes, but it's too late for that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Wanda. <laughs>